Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to Medterra CBD right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% off every single one of your purchases. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, he is the number 12 in your program, number one in your hearts. He's a friend of the podcast. This is his second time coming on in in about six months or so, but it's been way too long, and we're finally getting to talk to him when he's back. He's he's on a Blue Crew. We can finally break the news, although it's, it's kind of old news now. He's already won a race on this machine. Shane McElrath. Shane, how's it going? I'm doing really well, actually. We're uh, we're having a good time, enjoying this new team, and man, we're just moving forward. Absolutely, moving forward. Uh, your first new team since uh, turning pro, obviously turning pro with the uh, the TLD Honda guys back in the day, moving over to the KTM when they switched brands, and now if you find yourself um, on maybe the most aspiring 250F. Uh, in pro motocross right now, uh, the Yamaha 250F. Ever, pretty much ever since Jeremy Martin started knocking down outdoor championships many moons ago, uh, has sort of been the gold standard of as far as uh, a bike that handles well. It's got that great power plant, and and it seems to uh, when really talented guys get on that machine, great things happen. And you proved that this last uh, two weekends ago at uh, at Tampa, where you uh, grabbed your share of uh, of the points lead, and once again take. Taking home that uh, that coveted first round uh, race win, which is something you're kind of used to. Yeah, it, uh, I think that the bike is is obviously a big part of it, but um, the team was also uh, a big part of why we came here. And I think the team itself has a lot to do with how the bike is. And now, after being on the team for really a few short months now. I mean, getting to work closely with the, the team personnel and the team owner and team managers, it's, uh, there's, there's no, uh, or I guess the reason is clear why they've been so successful. I mean, they're, they're a business based team. They're, they're there to do their job and they're not really willing to ex- accept anything less. So I'm, uh, I'm really excited for where we're at. I mean, we, we took this, this big step uh, out of our comfort zone and uh, is a big step of faith, but we uh, we're here and it's, it's pretty crazy that we're here now. Um, but we're, uh, we're just excited for what God is doing in our lives and we're excited to keep moving forward. Absolutely, a huge leaf of faith, and uh, of course, you're you're no uh, stranger to sharing that with the uh, not only the Big MX listeners, but pretty much everywhere you go, you wear that on your sleeve. Uh, but also, that's a a, a piece that uh, is pretty prevalent with uh, like not only your team manager, with Will Hahn and stuff like that. Uh, how, how much of a of a like a welcome atmosphere is that, knowing that you can be open about that type of uh, uh, part of your life um, at the track and and wherever you happen to go? It's it's uh, it's something that you can. Uh, you can be proud of honestly it's it's really good i uh i mean with coming here to this team obviously joy and i we were uh really just kind of kind of ashamed of uh, some of the choices we had made in the past and um just our our efforts really and so with coming here it was it was like all right we're gonna do this and we're gonna do it the best we can and and in turn i mean the team's been awesome to work with too i mean they're they 
they do enjoy their time working together as a team and working with each other. But at the same time, it's like the, the level that they, that they operate at is a really professional level uh, in any aspect of the team. So that's just, that's been really fun. And for myself and joy, we've obviously grown a lot personally and in our marriage and just uh, we've had to grow up a lot. And I feel like with this team, it's like, man, this is this is where we want to be because we like where you guys are going, and we're we're here to help you guys go there as we go that way too. So that's that's really like what's exciting about where we're at is we have some really good people around us that are are going in in this direction, and and that's the direction that we are striving to go. So we're we're all going together. Absolutely, but and, and with all those positive uh, positive things said, um, do you find it at all detrimental to the team that they currently still have uh, Will Hahn as team manager? We we know that a lot of the the results the team get is is a lot of in like in spite uh, of Will and everything that he does for the team. Yeah, no, like I said, uh, <laughs> I mean each person on the team is uh, really intricately placed. Uh, as far as how they work and what job they do. I mean, each person is obviously has experience uh, in that field and they've, uh, they've all been on that team together for a while. And a lot of them have switched around positions. Um, and so I, I heard it on a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, but it's like being successful is not just about having the right people on the bus. It's about getting the right people in the right places and in the right seats on the bus. And that's okay. something that has been really true. I mean, there some of the guys on the team have, have worked every position on the team and now where they're at, they're happy there, whether that's above or below what they, what they've ever been. It's like they excel in this certain position and they excel even more when they're in that position around other people that are, excelling in their specific position so that i think that's that's huge as far as this team goes it's something that for me really really drives me and and like man i just i love how you guys work like that's that's who i want to be that's how i want to work like let's let's keep going for sure, and obviously this has been uh, a huge change for you moving over from uh, the the KTM a a, a a steel frame motorcycle to an aluminum frame motorcycle, engines backwards, front fender is, well, black in your case. Um, like, what was the adjustment like for you? Uh, first time jumping on the machine. I know, uh, speaking to you that, like, I know you feel like you had a long ways to go as far as bike setup, but you're a guy who really knows how to dissect the motorcycle. How soon were you starting to feel comfortable enough to, uh, run somewhat close to the pace you're at right now and start to track down some of your teammates? Which, uh, I'll just go ahead and say right, right now, I think you guys might have collectively, like, across the entire roster, the fastest team in the pits right now. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. It's a, uh, I mean, with this team come uh, really good riders, and I mean, it's the 250 class is a stacked class, and we all, we all hate getting beat. We all want to want to uh, grow to that next level, and in turn, the team is really good about handling 
each person individually as well as like handling us like alongside each other. So um, that's been really good uh, as far as the bike. It, uh, I actually felt comfortable on it right away. It just, uh, along with um, changing bike, changing teams, a uh, big change for me was nutrition-wise and training-wise. And absolutely, so my now body you're, you're went, at the W, I think, as, as well as I think, uh, yeah. likely working with uh, um, his name's Tyler Thompson. Kalisiak. Yes, as well as Tyler Kalisiak. Yeah, so yeah, my body went through a big change, also, and just with everything being changed at once, it didn't really get to excel as really as fast as I thought it was going to. And now looking back, I'm thankful because I've always expected a lot of myself, but at times haven't taken the, the necessary steps to get there uh, across every aspect of what I work on. So, um, yeah, so as far as the bike goes, it was early to mid-November when I had my bike dialed in, and at that point it was still a transition period for my my body and so it took maybe another uh four weeks i'd say into like early december before i actually started seeing the benefits and i actually started getting to ride uh really out of my comfort zone to where okay i know what the bike's going to do here i know how how the bike's going to operate in um different situations and also how it was going to operate when I feel good, when I feel tired, like later in the moto when everything's hot. So it uh, it was necessarily hard. It just took longer than I really expected it to take. Fair enough. And, and that's justified because you'd been working with basically the, the same group of guys – for a number of years, working with Tyla, working with uh, the the TLD guys for a long period of time, they knew uh, your body type, they knew your all of the the ins and outs of your program, where you were coming from, where you were headed to, and then basically uh, having to switch everything over uh, to to a new trainer, new nutritionist, new motorcycle, a lot of new things in in a world where uh, like I think motocross, as much as you guys like having the newest and best everything, you guys really thrive on consistency consistent uh in your practicing consistent in your in your bike feel you know exactly what to expect on and off the bike and that's not something that could be said for you this year uh which is even more impressive you were able to take down that first uh first supercross win um but i i think uh racing on the east coast was maybe the best thing for you in that respect just to get you comfortable and ready to rip yeah i mean it uh i've kind of said it for a while that we're we're really like creatures of adaptivity, I guess. And I mean, each weekend we got to go to a new state. We got to go learn a new track, learn a new weather condition. Just like there's so many inconsistent variables as far as like the racing goes that we try to keep the training wise as consistent as possible because that's, that's really where we can see okay, what's working, what's not. Like in a race situation, it's it's kind of just like we're having to put all these pieces together 
on the weekend, but during the week we can really dissect uh, if we have problems or where the problems are coming from. So it's, uh, yeah, with, with coming to this team, it was obviously a big change and I really thought that I would adapt quicker than I did. But looking back, like I said, I'm, I'm thankful now. And it was, uh, it was probably early December when originally I was going to race West coast, but at the same time, the whole reason we were, we were changing teams and, and coming over here was we needed to be out of our comfort zone. We needed to, uh, really just do stuff we haven't done before and really get that feel of how comfortable we've been and, and really understand that we don't want to, we don't want to do that again. So, uh, it was probably early, early December when I was still kind of planning on racing West coast but they couldn't really tell me what I was going to race. And that even though I requested West, but I just went in and told him like, listen, I, I don't know if you don't want to tell me because you don't want me to like train different or what, but I just want you guys to know that I'm willing to and ready to race whatever you guys need me to race. Like I came here to, to do what I have to do and, wherever you guys put me, I'm going to go and do what I have to do. So, um, it was, it was tough, but now here we are racing East coast and we just, it's crazy. Just talking with my wife and I, we, I mean, six, eight months ago, this is really not what we had planned and not what we had in mind, but it's been so good for us up until this point that it's like, we're, we're just ready to keep going. Well, there you go. And, like, you even rode uh, press day at Anaheim 1. At, like, truth serum here. Was it even at that point still in question whether or not you were going to race the following day? Well, it was it was not a for sure answer. But I got the for sure answer on Friday night after everybody was healthy. Because leading up to that race, it was like, dude, if somebody gets hurt on press day, then you're racing. So... Okay, I wasn't, and because I mean, Preste is not really a schedule. sanctioned thing, you can ride it? Yeah, so I was, I mean, I was signed up for Anaheim 1 just in case. Like, all, all the guys, well, except for Colt, because Colt still wasn't racing, but mm-hmm. all the guys were signed up because it's like we're, uh, the team was saying that we're sending two guys out there regardless. So um, it was about a week before, or it was a week before, a one when it was like for the longest time it's like dude we we can't tell you which one you're racing because we don't know right now like it's we have an idea but like you've got to be ready for a one so sunday before a one we broke in race bikes well i showed up to the track and didn't have a race bike there so that was the first like (laughs) Okay, I'm probably not racing. Probably not racing if one. I don't have a race bike, yeah. But I was still on the same schedule, like same riding schedule, training schedule, press day schedule, everything, until after press day. Then it was like, all right, you're in the clear. Like, Then I had a, a rest week after that. Then it was, okay, now let's start getting ready for uh, East Coast. So it was, it was tough mentally because it's like, shoot, I don't know if 
if I'm even ready to race right now, if I have to race West Coast. But, um, I mean, if, if they say I have to race, then I'll just have to figure it out. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with where we're at now. No doubt. And uh, I, I guess that's a, a share of the points lead. Um Going into Atlanta, where uh, where we will both be in only a few days' time, uh, three time zones ahead of where you're at right now. We'll get into that in a second, but let's talk triple crowns for a second. Um, I'm as a fan, as a as a watcher of them, uh, both in the stadium and uh, on TV. If I watch the if I watch them uh, the day afterwards, um, no, honestly, not a huge fan. Uh, as far as like, there's so much time between the races. Like if you're watching it on TV live, uh, it seems like there's 45 yeah. minutes between the la- the 450 race and the next 250 race. Um, and th- what, and the things they're filling that time with is, is not to my liking. Uh, and that's kind of beside the point. Um, and then the fact like the, like as much as, it, oh, it's three, it's three races that matter. But I'm like. For the most part, like, obviously things did work out uh, sort of uh, not so much in your favor this last weekend. And the fact that a, a, a not-so-great second race sort of hurt your, your uh, overall. First. first race. Yeah, yeah your first race first uh, first, yeah. Uh, hurt your overall. But, like, I, 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 I find more often than not guys have, like, two good ones and one bad one. And they just end up, like, fourth or something like that. Even though they went, like, 2-2-8. Two, two, and... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like bad races aren't really as bad as they you'd think they are, and great races aren't as good as they should be because of how things average out. And uh, mm-hmm. and all and then the absolute worst thing, my my biggest pet peeve with this whole format is seeing Shane McElrath out front styling the twelve machine, looking great, red plate, <laughs> and all those fun, those all awesome things that we love to watch. Um, but there's no amount that you could have won that, uh, third race by that could have stopped you from, from, uh, not, uh, tying on points and, uh, or, or get like, you know what I mean? Like you couldn't make up enough points to yeah. win that race. So you won, but you lost, uh, sort of say. And, uh, that, like that to me, yeah. like, that's just like, if, if a two moto format is confusing to outdoor fans, imagine what it's like for a fan to watch you win at the last race of the night and be like, Oh, but he doesn't win. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely mixed emotions. I mean, uh, there, there was a lot of talk about that at the press conference this weekend. It's like, dude, it's one, it's, it's a lot of riding, which yeah. sure. It's, I mean, this is a ton of laps. races out of this. Yeah. It, I mean, we did a lot of laps out there, but it's, uh, that is the, the sucky part was like in the press conference, I said, like, I mean, I was pretty upset because like second place. Yeah. Second place is good, but dude, I felt like all day we, we had a better day than second place. Like all together, it just, I had one third place in one of the mains that just hurt my overall. So it, um, obviously it's really tough like swallowing that because I, I felt so good. And then knowing in the last race, it's like, I'm, I'm doing everything I can, but it's still not enough. So it's obviously it's a little frustrating, but at the same time from the other side of it, it's like, dude, that's, that's also part of it. I mean, last year at the triple crown, I also went three, two, one scores and I won the overall. So it's, uh, 
it's obviously mixed emotions. It's it is a lot of riding, and like the 450 guys, they they do even more laps. But um, yeah, honestly, it's it's hard to have three consistent races at a at a triple crown just with. Yeah, well, just All everybody's in there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. so start-dependent. Yeah. Like, those, uh, uh, any type of main is start-dependent, and then you guys, and then you have to shorten it. So it's this, like, yeah. it really puts you guys behind the eight ball. Of course, it's all in the, in the name of, uh, of entertainment, but to me, I'm not entertained by watching someone who, like, happens to have one not-so-great start, like basically make like the create the whole narrative for the whole night in which uh, like I like humbly I think you were the best guy on the, on Saturday. That's and that, uh, unfortunately the race results aren't up to me. Otherwise you'd probably be multi time champ. Um, yeah. But uh, in in all in all seriousness that that was sort of a, a thing that I, I just I, I don't love about the the triple crowns. Maybe I'm alone on that. Maybe I'm I'm completely out there on an island. But that's fine. Um, how was? Yeah. Uh, how was the track? Obviously, uh, looked loose on top, but like uh, a hard base that would come up and absolutely bite you guys uh, because it was like glare ice underneath uh, some fluffy stuff out there. Yeah, it it was uh, honestly it was kind of weird. It was uh, really deceiving, like as far as the build of the track and the layout. It was, I mean, it it wasn't simple, but like say if that was like an Anaheim track on that same layout with a harder dirt that was more consistent I mean we probably would have been in the 44 45 second lap times uh all night (coughs) like the track really broke down a lot and that's what made it tough I mean that's what continued to to bite people all night I mean there were a lot of crashes And it wasn't necessarily that the track was that hard. It just, dude, the the ruts and some of the transitions and just from so much riding from the Triple Crown, that's just kind of what made the track so so technical. So it was a – I thought it was a fun track. It was a a good racetrack, um, I think, for uh, a Triple Crown like that with a shorter start. It's Obviously, it's it's really hard because, I mean – you can have one little bitty mistake and be almost last into the first corner with a short start. So it's, uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it's mixed emotions. Fair enough. And, and now I, I believe a, a share of the points lead, you'll, you'll remain uh, a red plate holder in, in conjunction with uh, uh, Chase Sexton here this weekend in Atlanta. Uh, one thing that we, that seems to be a narrative and it's probably not something that you like to talk about or like to really acknowledge the fact that you've, you've led the points in a number of these series is haven't been able to close one out yet. What makes this year different? What, what makes this year the year where, uh, Shane McElrath can, uh, can silence any of those doubters and finally let your, uh, your agent really jump for joy. Cause I gotta say this, honestly, when I was in Oakland, 2017, when I think you got taken out, I think, or maybe Celia, you 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 share a, a an agent with, or at least did with Cole Sealy at one point, and your agent was literally holding the back of my chair, shaking me like a rag doll as he watched you race. So I think that guy really likes to watch you do well. Yeah, it um <laughs> honestly this year with all the changes that went into it, it's uh, I mean that's 
it's what we worked for now. I mean, I, I feel like I have the team. I feel like I have the bike and the fitness. And um, this is uh, most likely my last year in the 250 class. So it's like I'm, I'm here to do whatever it takes. And like I said earlier, I, I don't think I, I took necessary steps uh, in some areas of my training or just the whole program. There wasn't necessary steps taken to – uh, really, really close it out. And that's a mistake on my part. And I mean, going into this year, it's like, dude, this is, this is it. Like I'm, I'm training to be a champion. I'm, I'm not cutting any corners. I'm doing everything. And then some to do everything I can control, uh, or to control everything that I can. And I'm not holding anything back. So it's, uh, that's, that's where I'm coming from. And it's like, I mean, obviously the team knows how to win championships. So it's, uh, it's not really me doing it by myself. I mean, they're there to, uh, walk along the path with me and tell me, okay, we're, we're not going to do this here because that's, that's obviously not how you go about it. But over here, we are going to do this. And so it's, uh, there, there's a lot that goes into it outside of me. And that's, that's why I'm really excited about just where we are and, and, the work that we did in the off season because we've, we've covered all areas and we're, we're training to be a champion and that's, uh, that's what we're going for. Fair enough. Well, I like that confidence, my friend. It looks like you're, it sounds like you're very focused on the, the task at hand. Now, uh, you mentioned setting up the motorcycle and working towards getting feeling really comfortable in sometime around November. Uh, what was the uh, sort of the sequence of events or sequence of testing that needed to be done to get a really good feel on your motorcycle? Obviously, you, you've you'd been on the KTM for a long period of time. Uh, you had some ups and downs with that motorcycle over the years, um, but like. How do you like to introduce like uh, titanium into your uh, um, into your motorcycle, whether it be titanium axles or titanium this or that? Uh, and do you play around with having like uh, I, I know guys like uh, I think for a while uh, Roxon had like like a he he did not have the titanium uh, uh, front axle, and then he did for a while. Uh, some guys go go lots of titanium in the back section of the motorcycle and less up front so they can have a better feel. What's your uh, what's your flavor when it comes to uh, setting up the motorcycle chassis wise? And do you guys end up working with guys like Shane Drew from Yamaha, or is that a separate deal altogether? Um, I think it's it's more of if we if we really need help. Um, I mean, the team they have all the necessary people to to do what needs to be done. And if, if there's something that's out of their control, I mean, obviously they'll reach out, but, um, yeah, I mean, as far as like different parts and stuff, I think race bikes are competitive because of one, what they are. And I think that honestly, it's kind of like a package deal. And then for me, um, I mean, I, I've went through times where you change little parts here and there and, I mean, they do make a difference, but I would say the majority of it is can be set up with uh, with like straight from the suspension. So it's like for me having to uh, learn to bring the speed first because I I can't I can't try and set the bike up if I'm not riding it how I need to ride it. 
like yeah, for you a need to take it to its so, limit first. Yes. So, I mean, that's obviously a gradual increase. I can't just get on the bike and go straight to testing and, all right, let's make this change, this change, and, all right, it's good, leave it. Because then that whole next period of time, I'm going to be getting better. I'm going to be getting faster and stronger. And so it's going to, it's obviously going to need some more changes. So it's, um, for me, that's, that's kind of how I went about it this year was give me a good setup and, at, at the time, like I was pretty, pretty much up to speed. Um, but then there were just a few, a few little areas that were consistent that, okay, we need to kind of address this. And we addressed those, which only needed very minor changes. Um, but they were a big difference as far as the way the bike handled. So that was one of the last changes we did. Uh, mid-November up until like last week we actually tried a few things just because uh, Tampa was a harder base it was more um, more like a California style track so we were trying a few different things just to see okay what's how is it going to be at the races and I ended up I'm back on what I, I was on for the last three months so it's um for me there's not a lot of changes needed it's like i'm willing like you guys tell me if i'm if i'm overthinking it if i'm trying to change too much or put the blame somewhere and i mean this weekend for the the soft dirt and stuff uh all we needed to do was just go a little softer on quickers just as the track broke down and that was it so it um it's not not a lot of changes needed and i think the bike itself is a really good starting point for for anybody um it just obviously took some adjusting right when i got on it to to for me to be able to ride it with my riding style and from there we just we steadily progressed well there you go man so uh this weekend uh being a day race you'll be doing track walk at 5.30 in the morning, your time, uh, which is, sounds like zero fun. Uh, how do you deal with that, and uh, and what are some of the goals that you have for yourself uh, set out? Obviously, uh, race win is, uh, and, and reclaim the sole possession of the points lead is what you're looking at coming into Atlanta. Yeah, I, uh, I just got to make sure I go to bed and get rested <clears throat> up because, no, I mean, even in Tampa, uh, I didn't really get much sleep during the night because... Obviously, the time changes is hard. So, Trying to go to bed at uh, seven o'clock. Yeah, yeah. So it uh, it's really one of those. I make sure I'm just I'm rested before we get to the race because if I if I have to run on less sleep than I'm used to, then then that's what I have to do. I can't control that. So um, obviously, it's it's just a, a discipline thing during the week. Like we do everything that we can to uh, still train, but at the same time, make sure we're rested for saturday and it's like if we if we have a bad night's sleep or whatever it's that's part of it and we're still we're still good to go on race day fair enough my friend well uh uh sure certainly wish you the best of luck i'll see you on track walk on saturday morning bright and early even though it's a a dome so it'll be the same 
lightness as and then early uh but uh yeah not like uh the the day race will throw a little bit of a wrinkle into things we'll see how that all plays out but uh um you have a great rest of your night my friend uh i really appreciate you making some time for us tonight yes sir i appreciate you guys thank you and i'll uh, see you soon absolutely you have yourself a great rest of your night don't hang up just yet but for podcast sake we're gonna cut it off right there